Welcome to the Great Reset, everybody. I am Paul, the producer, filling in for John Roberts today. He's on a little bit of vacation, so I hope he's having safe travels. And uh, while we're on it, uh, should we even still call this the Great Reset? I mean, you know, we don't have Dr. Dan here anymore. It's been three years going on this. You know, uh, I want to know your comments. Put them in the uh, in the chat down below. But then again, it should maybe still be the Great Reset because everything seems to be going for full circle anyway. But today we are joined by none other than Mr. David Waterman. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And then to my left, we are also joined by Dr. Gene Golix. Hello. And we should be joined by Amos, Amos Tarfa. Tarfa here yeah. very shortly yeah, with who, the LifeStem uh, Academy. Uh, Grand Forks, right, yeah. And he's coming all the way from Nigeria, so we're looking <laughs> wow. forward to seeing him this morning. <laughs> and not through Zoom, actually in person. Not in person. He'll be here. He'll be live in the studio with yes. us. Yeah, momentarily. Let's see. No, don't see him yet. So besides um, uh, going into the Lifestyle Academy, I uh, didn't bring any uh, notes to start the show off with because I don't do that. I just wing things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so maybe the title of today's show should be Let's Wing It Together. Oh, did, no, we, that, did we already title it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. It's back to school for real. It's back to school for real. Okay. Yeah. So so this is uh, this is a rare pleasure. I mean, I Dr. Uh, Gullix has been on the show before. Yes. And uh, but in the past, you've you've been here talking about the dangers that children are. I mean, primarily the dangers that children are facing through these the, the mask mandates, the uh, the other mandates, the things that that have affected children academically uh, that have been done supposedly to prevent COVID from spreading. Yeah. And as both a nurse practitioner and a uh, an expert in child development, you've you've been able to 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 bring real medical and and concrete evidence that n- none of these things are going to do any good, but they're that they're going to do a lot of harm. And we now hear people across the nation talking about the great harm that's been done to children's educational progress uh, that they're that they're way behind. Yeah. So let's just back up for the people that, that haven't maybe met you or heard you okay. before. Uh, have, have you brought any of this information? I mean, you've been here on this show, but have you brought any of this information to, say, the, uh, the Grand Forks School Board? Yes, I have spoken to the school board several times. I was basically ignored, told, cut short, and uh, the rudest of behavior from adults that I've seen in a long time. And, and what does it, so you, you have a PhD in child development and you were there to tell them essentially what? The impact on children, the increase in depression and anxiety, the increase in infections, the decrease in academic learning, um, speech delays, everything that was happening with the isolation and the masks. And then I talked about the dangers of uh, vaccinating children with a vaccine that we know nothing about. So, so, and, and I was there, I, I heard you make those statements uh, to the Grand Forks School Board, and you were making them before any of these things really had happened yet. They had just instituted some policies that you, in your expertise and your experience over 40 years, uh, was able to say, this is, this is A, this is not going to work, and B, it's going to have very negative consequences on the children. And they, they didn't listen at all. No, they ignored me. And I also was in Bismarck, invited, and... Got kind of the same reaction. So who did you um, speak to in Bismarck? 
the, was it Senate, the school board? A or, Senate committee. A Senate committee mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the state legislature. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I was invited, as were some others. And um, it, it, I haven't seen adults act so rudely as any over this COVID issue, not listening to the experts. There were other doctors there. There were other teachers there. Um, you were there. And uh, you, you get nowhere. You feel like, why are you even there? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts about it, you know, because I was there for that as well. And, you know, they just go by the recommendation of, I think, the CDC, and that's the only thing. That's, like, the only science that they'll approve. I mean, they won't even pull up any study saying, like, the effectiveness of it. And now you got the Washington Post putting out an article, um, you know, they brought it up on CNN to Fauci, saying that there's absolutely no study that shows that these things are effective whatsoever. And then that's when Fauci was like, well, there are other studies that says on an individual basis it'll work, which is total BS. Yeah. But I just saw, too, uh, Trump put out an announcement, and I thought that this was fantastic. He said that he, he gets elected, that the mask mandates, the forced vaccines, he said if a school tries to impose it, any transportation, like if they try to say that you're going to have to wear a mask to get on a plane or get on a train or anything, he said he's going to cut the funding for all of them. Yeah, and that's so he has a lot of solutions that are just waiting to be implemented. But in the meantime, a tremendous amount of damage has been done. So, yeah. so, so, Dr. Gullix, you, you made these pretty bold, I think that they were pretty bold predictions about what was going to happen to these children. But it's based clearly on your understanding of how children think and how they develop and what happens when you isolate children from right. their peers and what happens when you isolate them. In a, in a so-called learning environment where they're not able to be there with the teacher or see expressions. Uh, right. talk, talk about that just a little bit. What, what happens when you have children, especially beginning at the, maybe the, 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 the kindergarten or second grade, all the way up through, what, all 10, 13? All the way through high school. All the way through high school. Yeah, and they can't see expressions. What happens? Body language and expressions is most of speech. You can say something on a text message, it gets taken the wrong way because you can't see the person, you're not face-to-face, you don't know what they're thinking or if they're being sarcastic, if they're, if they're being truthful. So the children were, um, and the teachers, I've heard from many teachers who said they don't even recognize the kids they had in their classes because all they could see was their eyes. And you can't be expressive enough with your eyes so that people know what you're saying or what you're talking about. So the children have many speech delays right now. Um, basically, everything I said yes. turned out to be true. It all came true. It all came true. Right. Yeah. And so, and so how many, how, I'm just curious, how many school board members have you heard from apologizing for treating you so rudely and saying, you know, it turns out you were right after all? Zero. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I would say I'm shocked, but <laughs> I'm not the least bit surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now they're talking about doing that again. I mean, there's schools yeah. already that are instituting mask requirements for their students. There's a, 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 an area in California where they just, the city council just passed a, a resolution saying that in that, I, I'm sorry, I can't think, I can't remember the name of the, the city, but they are forbidding any mask or vaccine mandates for from any government 
they, they're saying you can have them. You can, you, if you want to wear them, you can. But we're we're going to make this a mandate free zone, essentially, which I think is wonderful. And they they basically set up the system so the rest of the country can now follow suit. And I think that that's a really good idea. I'm proud that it came out of California. It, you know the in, oh go ahead oh, in Fargo, North Dakota, a school for the Fargo school district decided not to f- follow the state guidelines that there will be no there's no masking, no isolation. So Fargo School District is going against the state guidelines, the laws, and doing their own thing. It was Huntington Beach, sorry. Oh, thank you. Huntington Beach, that's right. Huntington Beach, California. Can you let our guest in? Um, Amos is out there. So, yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. So Fargo's going, Fargo School District is going directly against Bismarck because they passed laws that said we're not going to play this game anymore. Well, you know, th- there's a one thing that was good about Fauci going out and saying that this is, you know, on an individual basis that they might be effective. Cool. Then you can make that choice on an individual on basis an individual if basis. you want to wear it or not. Yeah, exactly. So, so what was it that they were saying that they weren't going to pay attention to Bismarck on? Right. On the COVID uh, vaccines, the masks, the mandates, the isolation, whatever Bismarck or the, the CDC um, oh. Whatever the CDC wants, mm-hmm. this Fargo district is going to do. And Bismarck passed legislation that said no. Oh, I see. Right. And, and Fargo is saying that we're not going to listen to Bismarck. Right. Yeah. So, the, so we've got now anarchy uh, among, among the cities within our state by people who are refusing to look at the facts. Yep. The CDC has been proven wrong over and over and over again on these issues. And yet some people persist in following because it's become basically a religion. So, so in the, in the course of, of all of this going on, and you are not only making these, giving these warnings about the danger and the damage that's going to be happening to these children, academically, emotionally, mentally, uh, and physically, but, but you saw it continue in, 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 with, with a vengeance oh, ac- yeah. ac- across the board right. in our state. So... At some point, you, you, you're, you're a woman, because I know you, who, who, who loves children and fears God, and you, you want to see things done right, and you continue to see things done wrong. So, so at some point, <laughs> what happened? One day, you said to yourself, what? No. One day, I, we have prayer group at our home every Monday. Mm. And one day, I was praying, and I... I don't know if it was audible, but it was definitely God saying you have to wrap around the parents so they can protect their children and have a safe place for them. So I stopped the my prayer, stopped everybody and said, this is what I just heard. Um, the group was pretty excited. And I said, I think we need to have a school because the kids aren't learning. And I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, we uh, we are uh, getting joined by Amos, but uh, first we have to take a quick little break and thank our sponsor, Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. 
Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, and we are back. And like I said, we are now joined by Amos. And I know I got a crowd clap here somewhere. There we go. And now we're all... <laughs> we are in, kind of in the dark. We all disappeared. So, so this is uh, so so what we're having now is we're having this this wonderful moment where our technology demonstrates who's really in charge. Yeah, right? we think that we're in charge of technology. It's really not true at all. Uh, we do the technology the way that it wants to be done, or it doesn't work for us. It does, and that's always been that way. You know, I I'll take this moment during the the, the dark out. By the way, folks, get get used to this because if the Biden policies continue. We're going to have this as an ongoing event uh, in our country where all of a sudden the lights just go out and we don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but we continue to broadcast. So I don't know why we turned uh, them I off to this, begin with. I think, this is, <laughs> I think this is a clever way of demonstrating uh, the shape of things to come. Um, this is also, by the way, part of the Green New Deal, uh, what we're experiencing right now. So I'm not making this happen any longer. I'm just filling time until you're able to see us again. For those of you who are listening uh, through any one of the apps where you don't actually see the picture, you just hear the audio, you don't really know what all the excitement is about. But basically, the lights have just gone off in the studio. And so we're, all, we're, we're looking at each other as, uh, as Dean works uh, feverishly to try to get the lights to come back on. <laughs> so... Uh, Alexa. I'll just... Uh, I'll just, I need to you comment. Know, you want to hear something funny about that? I need that. to make commentary. Yeah. Alexa just said, I'm having trouble understanding you. There we go. Yeah. Well, so all the lights okay. on, except for the lights on Amos. And the reason for that, we intentionally blocked Amos's uh, light because he's a wanted man right now and we can't really show his face. So we we're hoping that he'll just show up in silhouette uh, and uh, because uh, otherwise people would recognize him. Not I'm sorry. Hardly. Sorry about that, brother. No There's, yeah. About, uh, yes, and so this happened on Monday and Tuesday. I was told by a, uh, someone at work, "Have you seen the video that Amos Tarfa did about schools?" And you said, "Who's Amos Tarfa?" I said, "Who's Amos Tarfa?" I didn't know. I called him. He answered right away. He was excited to hear from me, and I was excited to hear from him. Long story short, nine months after that prayer, we opened Life Stem Academy in Grand Forks. Yeah, um, and he, I he could not. I could not have done it without him. So Amos is the executive director of Lifestem Academy in Moorhead. Yeah. Um, you want to tell him about it, but don't forget the Christian part. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, by the way, I was there. I was there at that on that day, and I remember you actually looking. I don't know what you said before I was there, but I remember you looking at me and saying, "We need to start a school," and it was very definitive it's like yeah you heard from the lord and you said we need to start a school and i said <laughs> yeah that's about what you said that's a great idea i said <laughs> but then i said that's a great idea no you're exactly right yeah. that's what we need to do yeah. and so now and then the next very next day you met, met uh, you did you meet him the next day Talk or did to you him. shortly you after you talked about yeah. yeah on the phone yeah and so so uh so, Amos Tarfa, you had already done this in, in Moorhead. In yep. fact, you did it before Moorhead. I have done different programs for students for about 10 years at this time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so please tell us about uh, your... And so, 
you started the school in Moorhead long before the the when would, did you start the first the very first school that you did? It was before COVID. The very first years program ago. was about 2013. Yes, 2013, right in Duluth, Minnesota. In Duluth, and then when you, when did you start the one in in Fargo in Moorhead? 2022 is the one uh, officially that started in Moorhead. Okay, and what was the gen? What was the 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 the, the reason? I mean, your your goal. Starting in Duluth yep. and then moving on to Moorhead was what? What was it that motivated you to, to start these schools? So the one in Duluth, um, really part of it was growing up in Nigeria, I saw a higher bar for education. And uh, my heart is saddened by the state of poor education in America and the low bar. You know, if you expect a certain level from children, so let's call it 10 units. If you expect 10 units from kids, for the most part, they will operate at 10 units. If you expect 100 units, they will operate at 100 units. So what what's the standard you're giving children? And I think America has chosen a lower bar for different reasons, which we can get into later. But um, so the 2013 version was really how can I support schools with academic enrichment and tutoring? That was part of my initial start. Uh, but my dream was always to have a school. Ideally, a STEM type school where you know I was blessed with that in Nigeria. So that was the beginning. So 2013 through 2021, I did a lot of different programs in Duluth and Superior, and I, and some of those programs are continuing and will continue there. However, I came to Fargo for my PhD. That was what moved us over to the the, the western part of the state. And then in 2022 January, I decided, you know what, it's time to launch a school. And so by the summer, we had about, you know, a few people at our open house. And then by the August of 2022, we had uh, 70 to 80 people who were involved in different programs with us. Wonderful. So for those people that aren't familiar with that term, what does STEM mean? What does that? So it's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics are the ones. But I would say with our Ground Forks campus and the relationship we have, that M also represents medicine. So I would say science, Ah. technology, engineering, math, and medicine. We've been blessed with many people from Ground Forks who, uh, who, who just help our overall goal. There's a symbiotic relationship, I call it, between Ground Forks and uh, Moorhead. So the five C's of Life STEM Academy, the first one is Christ Exalted. We want to uh, be like people like uh, Newton and James Clark Maxwell who had faith and did science well. And that's part of why I'm wearing a Cambridge shirt today because of some of the top physicists and mathematicians from Cambridge who also had a faith story. Uh, Character development, we want these kids to live lives that make sense. And then community built, we are just saddened by the state of loneliness in this nation especially so we want community built for parents and for students and ultimately to see the culture transformed we want to prepare them for careers and then also have them master the content they're learning there are too many kids graduating not knowing what they want to do with their lives and that just needs to stop so you so your approach and your really your goals your drive the thing that really the, the vision that you have is to see uh, education elevated yes. uh, from the yes. from the baseline that it was when you got here from yes. Nigeria but dr Gullick's your, I, I think, motivation and the and 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 I think that clearly, I think the Lord put it on your heart to do this. But I think that your your compassion for the students was more born out of the abuse that you saw happening to these children academically, emotionally, physically, and and you said this is not this is not right. So so we have two different, very uh, completely valid and. Um, and and viable valuable reasons for starting another school other than the public schools that that exist uh at this time and let me just add i'm a mental health counselor and so i see individually the children the mothers the fathers and um the depression and anxiety is so high and i have several kids who had been uh, kicked out of christian schools who have dropped out of public schools 
who have been isolated during the school day. They can't go anywhere without a para. Um, and their learning is so low. Well, that's been confirmed since school started, and we've done the assessments, mm -hmm. and these children do not read. They don't spell. They don't use correct grammar. We have some outstanding math students who are not at the level they should be. Mm -hmm. We have uh, fourth graders, fifth graders who don't know how to add and subtract. Yeah, and those, those issues don't, I mean, we're not, uh, our, our, as individuals, as human beings created in God's image, we're not created with a bunch of cubicles inside our brain, and that's that area, and that's that area, right? Those things, those issues, those problems spill over into the rest of, of our lives, the rest of the lives yeah. of those children, don't they? And so they affect children in more ways than just, oh, oh in that particular area, or that classroom, and right. these kids, these kids have been bullied also, a lot of them. But we're starting week three, and the change in these kids has already been noticeable. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been amazing. We have um, 12 students and then some that are being tutored. But surprisingly, we had 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th graders. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect to get that many older kids because it's harder for them to leave where they're at and with mm -hmm. their friends. And they are blossoming. Students have gone from, I'm not going to math class, I hate math, to I'm going to do more math at home so I can get ahead and do what Amos said we're going to do in math. They're making their own countries, language, territory, topography. Um, it's amazing. So this, so let me ask, so how many students do we, so, the, so when did the school start? When did Life STEM Academy Grand Forks actually open its doors for students to come in and start learning? When, what August day was that? 28th. Yeah, August 28th, 29th uh, is when they started their first day of school. Okay, so you've only been you've only been going for a couple of weeks, right? And you're already seeing changes. massive changes. Yeah. I mean, significant changes in in the lives and attitudes of these students. Yes, and they're they're smiling. They're they're interacting with each other. The older are helping the younger. They're doing phi ed together. The older will draw the four square, and they'll teach the younger ones how to do it. Um, how important is, is that attitude when it comes to learning? Oh, that's huge. Because one of the girls, I'll tell you a, a story because stories are, are more fun. One of them said she didn't like math. She wasn't good at math. She didn't know how to do it. She was tutored by one of our um, volunteers. Who This one was Harvey Gullick's, and he's an engineer. So he tutored her through the summer and started last spring. And she was doing much better. But she had no confidence, so she came to school, and after three days, she said, there's two girls ahead of me in math, and I'm going to catch up to them, and she's almost there already. Wow. So that's motivating, the older girls wow. and the younger girls. Um, we do have, we, we don't have kindergarten and first grade. We have it available, but we're, our youngest student is second grade, mm -hmm. so the second through fourth graders are in self-contained mm -hmm. and... Fourth graders and third graders are learning phonics instead of reading. That's not wow. where it should be. Um, no, the, but 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 they're they're at, but but that's the next step, right? right? Reading is the next step, right? And some of them some of them are have taken off. Are phonics even taught anymore in the public schools? Because I, I, I think that there was a there was a CSA method that they were trying to implement. Uh, yeah. a couple of decades yeah. ago, which is disastrous. Yeah. Uh, they have sight words. They have sound out words. So, yes, some, some are teaching phonics. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, this, so this is a pretty, this is a jump start. I mean, this, these kids who went from being not in a good place 
mentally or mm -hmm. academically are now, uh, I mean, they hit the ground running when they came they to Life Sam Academy. They did. Yeah. This is the best day of my life. On day one, um, three people told me. Three students, students said me. that to you. This is the best day of my life. Mm -hmm. Where do you hear that? Where, what, what school, what, what, where do kids go to school and say that? Yeah. Um, I've never heard that before. Well, they're listened to. Um, I did assessments with them. They're, we individualized the programs where they're at. For example, we have a boy who we decided was at too high a level of math. He was struggling. He, did, he told me, I don't know fractions and divisions. And so instead of taking him away from peer group, his age, Amos just downloaded the next lower level yep. down of math so he'd get that foundation, and he's still in with the other kids. Mm -hmm. So there's no, you're going back to second grade to lo oh, learn division. Wow. You're yep. staying oh, where you're great. at. That's and great. You're you know, the scriptures say that what, what man intended for evil, God intended for, God used for good. So, so here there is this evil thing that happened that was imposed on these children against their will, against their parents' will uh, during the whole COVID nonsense. Mm -hmm. And now, as a result, uh, there's another Life STEM Academy here in Grand Forks yeah. and the benefit that that's going to do. And I don't think that it's... How many students... 12, but there's four that are teaching and doing advanced and CLEP yep. courses, doing some college credit. Okay, and that's not... So So let me ask, uh, Mr. Tarfa, when you began in Moorhead, yep. how how many students did you start with? In I Moorhead? mean, in June, July programming, we were probably, of 2022, about 10 people, you know, 8 to 10 people, very small group, but so then about that the same. grew fast. Yep, yep, that grew fast over time. And some people start in the regular public school and then decide shortly after, this is not going to work. So so no worries. We're, we're, we're excited for where we're at and we're going to build from there. And I, and I think Grand Forks is going to grow um, over time pretty well. They've been blessed with some great instructors. And so I'm looking forward to what's to come. So how many students do you have in In, in Moorhead, we have about 100 students. So right you now. went from, in 2022, you went from 8 to 10. In the summer, and then to about 70, and now 100. And now 100. Yep. So it, it grew fast there, and now you have more experience, yes. right? I mean, you've learned, clearly you've learned things yep. in the process. Yes, sir. So the, the and, and in Moorhead, with all due respect, you did not have Dr. Gullick's. Uh, working with you, well, but she's <laughs> and you she's, succeeded anyway. Right? <laughs> no, but I think she, you know, she's added a lot to us. We actually recorded an episode uh, uh, on our school's YouTube channel with her talking yes. about mental health, and some of those tools are going out to the Moorhead students. So she's making an impact not just in Grand Forks, but in Moorhead and beyond. Um, it's it's a wonderful thing to because I come with a lot of the academic side of things, and she comes more with that uh, child developmental uh, piece. And when you put that together, these children can flourish where we really care about all of their lives, every part mm -hmm. of their life. We want them to flourish. You know, one of the reasons why places like Oxford and Cambridge, which we visited as a school in May, and then next year we're going to Germany, Switzerland, little plug there for the Grand Forks <laughs> kids I invited. But one of the reasons we went to Oxford and Cambridge is because those are the top universities in the world, along with MIT and Stanford. But we went to find out why are they good. And one of the things they do is these students have academic advisors or tutors who care about their whole lives and are checking in regularly. How are you doing? And so now we have like Gene Gullocks here, right? that yes. can help us to think well on helping every student flourish. So, I, as, I say, as I said before, and I'll say again, you know, MIT needs to watch out. We are on our way. So, so yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. So not only, not only is the school up and running and, uh, and it's got a solid foundation, having Dr. Gullicks, as well as you mentioned another Gullicks. 
uh, <laughs> that yeah. was teaching in Harvey. So Dr. Harvey, Harvey Dr. Dr. Harvey Gullick. So a couple of Dr. Gullicks. And that's... So let me tell you about who's volunteering. And, and these people are not getting paid right now. We have uh, Dr. Stephen Hill, psychologist, or psychiatrist, I'm sorry, Steve, um, psychiatrist and biology major, so he's teaching biology. We have Dr. Harvey Gullick yep. teaching advanced math. Dr. Josh McSparron, who was a chiropractor, teaching anatomy, physiology, math, history. Um, Dr. Benz is a doctorate in education. Wow. And he's a pastor teaching theology and French. Mm. And if you want to see French for fun, he is having a blast. (laughs) And the kids wanted it more days, so we went from one to three days a week now with French. Wow. Right. And that's not all. We have top administration. We have Mary Dietrich, who has been with me from... Day one, every step of the way, um, we could not do it without her organization and her contacting yep. the parents, and then the parents that are volunteering. And we have several parents that will come in for two or three hours, once or twice a week. Yep. Uh, Tanya Turnham and Vicki Gonzalez are art teachers and math teacher. Yep. Um, it just the list just goes on of talented, talented people. Yep. You know who, yeah, who have stepped that's up. That's great, and so that's kind of the frosting on the cake so to speak yeah. yeah i was gonna say i mean you guys are in the mall here i think that it would be a nice treat for all those teachers if maybe the students got them all a little muffin for their desk or something there you go yep that's a great so idea. which brings us to oh for heaven's cakes there's nothing than be- nothing better than treating yourself to some homemade baked goods that's where oh for heaven's cakes comes in you'll find the best cupcakes and cakes for any special occasion or just a treat walk in to find out more but i'm warning you you won't want to leave Oh, for Heaven's Cakes on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. And they are open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or go to oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake and a world full of muffins. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right. And we are back. So, uh, so Mr. Tarfa, can you, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that you went to Cambridge and Oxford and yep. that you find out what makes them yep. as good as they are. And it's that you said that it's, correct me if I'm wrong, that they address, they've got individual counselors who address the whole, the student as a whole, yep. right? As a whole person, because we're, we're like we talked about before, we're individuals. We're, we're not a bunch of little cubicles with, that we plug into depending on what it is that we're doing. So... How will the 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 or how does the STEM Academy in Grand Forks yep. uh, implement that same kind of philosophy on a practical level? Correct, and uh, I mean Moorhead instituted this, and Grand Forks pretty much has it already, but it'll be formalized. And we have academic advisors, just like like in a college, where you have someone who is responsible for the student's choice of classes and progress and checking in with that student. Um, you know, there's this psychologist, uh, Vakoski, who talked about the zone of proximal development. And there's this idea that children can be in a, in a comfort zone of learning and they can be stretched to a point where it's painful or th- there's just sort of adjustments you can do to help each child. My philosophy on education is people need to be striving and they need to be as 
aspiring to do better. They should never settle at a point of, uh, uh, you know, mediocrity. I want, so when I teach, even in my math class, it's really an opportunity to inspire. Inspiration is at the core of what we do. We want you to come to life in learning. We want you to come to life fundamentally, of course, in truth. And so that's where we work with our students is helping every child flourish. How are you doing now and how are you using your skills and tools well? So that's very important for every child. And so if a child has mastered everything they need to know in pre-algebra, well, what are you doing? Why don't you move on to the next level? So our school is very transparent in terms of our journey of curriculum. This is what we're doing. Parents are welcome to look right in. We're not hiding anything from every, any parent. We want them to see what we're doing and where we're headed. And fundamentally, again, we want every child to accomplish, you know, what, what is, like, what's your career plan? How can we help you get there? So we are tailoring it to every child, right? And so that's, that's a key part of what we do. And in Grand Forks, you know, Dr. Jean Gullux is one of the key, I would say, advisors for these students. Yes, she's done her, the assessment, but she's able to also check on them and see, you know, maybe this is an area you can improve. This is something you should think about. Um, <clears throat> Dr. McSparron, of course, is also keeping a close eye on each of the students. And then I get to check in on them once in a while, especially with their math. That's where I really uh, dive into things. So math and science are the fields that I mostly focus on. So, go ahead. So you, so I know that there was a there was a, a, a point where when Dr. Gullix, uh, Dr. Harvey Gullix was teaching at the University of North Dakota in the engineering department, I believe. He was department chair. Department yeah. chair, but he was he was also teaching, correct? Right. Yeah. And at one point, there was a student that came to him and said, "What's the minimum that I have to do uh, to uh, pass this class?" Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that question, I don't think, is as individualistic as that particular student that we might want to think that it is with just that one student thinking that way. It seems to me that we live in a culture of mediocrity and a culture of what's the minimum that I have to do to get by. Yep. And that's exactly the opposite of what I just heard you describe. Yes. So, right. And I taught at the med school. You taught and at the med school, I taught right. at the med school, and the students had their checklists, and they wrote memorized, and when I would ask him, why are you asking a patient this question, blank stares. They had no idea. They weren't thinking. They were just memorizing. And so I tried to help them see this is a person. All these questions don't pertain. Yes, you need to know the questions because someday you'll use them. Um, It's not good. But they Right, so their approach was to just have a checklist and then just go run down the checklist as opposed to doing an analysis right. of who so this So it was per- similar. How many of these do I can I miss before I fail? Right, before I fail, right. So what do you think, what, okay, I'm going to ask you to go out a little bit on a limb here. What do you think it causes that kind of apathy toward learning more or going deeper or having a, a more robust knowledge of the subject? Whatever the subject is, whether it's math or whether it's medicine, uh, what, what has happened in our country that has brought us to a point where people are looking to do the least amount possible to get by? I don't think they're being challenged from the beginning, and it's been many, many years. Yep. Um, I can think about my education and my sons, and the top students continue to be top students. Although, after COVID, they also fell two to four percentiles in their performance. So some of the top students became very depressed Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they couldn't do the level they were doing before. But they haven't been challenged. They haven't worked. Um, Ironically, I I get tired of sports, but sports pushes them, and they have to be there on time, and they have to work, and they're doing things. They might not get rewarded with playing time, which is a tough 
unfair lesson, but life is not always fair, even mm-hmm. though we hate it when we see our kids sitting on the bench. Um, but I don't see leaders developing. I don't see the teachers encouraging leadership. Now they have to write an essay on a topic of the teacher's choice, a lot of them. They don't get to expand. Now there are exceptions. There are some AP classes. Um, but the kids I see for counseling are, they don't even know what their homework is. They don't have homework. They don't have homework. Mm -hmm. They're not working at home. Um, They're on their phones. They're not sleeping well. They're not eating well. And you can't do that Mm -hmm. and have your brain healthy. You know, um, uh, I was going to say, you know, that this just not even in school. I mean, this bleeds on into adulthood, too, because, you know, managing a bunch of companies. One of the things that I would always see and I my wife, I mean, she had this problem, too. And I told her what I would do for a solution of it. But you're trying to train somebody on the job. And the managers are always complaining because they're constantly having to do that person's work because, you know, they, they'll say that they don't know how to do something, and then the manager will just go over there and do it for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I had the approach to my employees, I would say, give me, what, give me two answers of what you think the solution to this is, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you both of them are wrong. When you're, no. <laughs> well, no, but I'll, you know, but right. but at least they'll, you know, it'll you train their think. brain to get them to just try to thinking. solve the problem yeah. themselves, as opposed to just having the manager come over and, and just do it for them. I was observing in classrooms this this last spring, and I was shocked. I mean, there were two kids out of a class of fourteen that knew the answers to the questions the teacher was asking. There were three or four special ed kids in there. You're supposed to help them learn, not do it for them. And that's what was happening is they were turned to this page, now tear it out. Well, the para was tearing it out, and the para was cutting it and doing it. Um, So they were basically being taught to follow orders. Right, right. And the three or four kids that knew the answers, Mm -hmm. it was what the book said. There was no discussion about Paris or whatever they were talking about. So so we have this, it it seems to be... uh, an endemic problem with the public school system as a whole. And the universities. And the universities uh, follow along. So not preparing, not only not preparing students for life, but not preparing them even for uh, how to deal with their own personal... I mean, if you have somebody who's not willing to who's not willing to engage in a problem to solve a problem and do the work that it's necessary to do that then it becomes very easy for that same person to say, well, I'll just trust the, someone else to do it, like but the government, mm-hmm. uh, their solution. How many people do we see that blindly follow the recommendations of the CDC or the WHO or the, the AMA or whoever it is, regardless of whether it makes sense or not? That, so, that, that, so that, brings, kind of that brings me to a question for Amos because um, you talk about... It brings me to a question for Amos too <laughs> because I was going to say that doesn't add up. Uh, but go ahead. You ask your question first, and then I'll. And then I'll. So when you talk, and then I have a quote after. But go ahead. Okay. So when you talk about you know the public schools and um, so uh, let's just say the if they try to enact these like mask mandates again. Yep. So obviously the public schools are going to push them. Yep. But in a private school or, or homeschool setting yep. like this, can they come in and say 
you have to do that too, or we're going to strip you of your license or close your business? I, I don't believe so at this point, and we will not do that. Um, I, 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 I'm a, well, my training is in chemistry and physics. I also have a minor in philosophy. So one of the things scientists need to do is they need to take philosophy to learn to think. Yes. I think if we had more philosophers on the COVID response team, we would have had better results. Uh, philosophers think about things sometimes that haven't happened, right? So you think through it. And unfortunately, we saw, as you guys know, some concerns with making you know, the mask mandates and so on, even when the data that didn't back up the facts. And so for us, we will not do things no. that are going contrary to basic science, like things that we've done for a long time. Uh, so that's one thing I, I will say on that. No, I, I don't believe it's required. But for us, we would rather, I would do anything. I would, I would not watch kids go through things that don't make sense. So we don't plan no. to, and we plan to keep our distance from any of those. Yeah, exactly. And in our school, explain <laughs> the hybrid, because we're not a private school. Correct. We're a hybrid at this point. Moorhead has both, hybrid and full school. North Dakota, we wouldn't be able to start that till the fall of 2024 where we're a five-day school because the approval process is every year by june you have to turn in your paperwork to be a five-day school and that's our plan for uh not uh, for grand forks however we are hybrid so they come two days a week tuesdays and fridays with an elective option on wednesdays uh, so that's how we're structured right now okay so that gives the, us more freedom so, so if there's somebody that's in the, that has children in the public schools right now and they don't want i mean Let's say that the, the, the masks and the vaccines, let's say that all goes away overnight. I snap my fingers, boom, it's gone. But now we've got the whole trans agenda. We've got the whole CRT agenda. Yep. We've got all that other stuff that's happening yep. that's really damaging to children. Yep. I mean, oh. in, a, in a very big way. Yep. Uh, what happens for the, what, what if there's a parent that's watching this or listening to this right now? And they say, boy, I would like my child to be able to go uh, to a school like that. It sounds really great. But, um, but I work full-time, and my wife works full-time, or my husband works full-time. Um, and so how can I do that? Is it possible for me to do something where they go on for only two days? How does that work? That can work well, especially for high schoolers who can be home by themselves and are responsible, or they can come to a library or use our bookstore library option. Uh, but the idea is that they can come two days a week for their classes, and we give them all they need to do for the remaining three days. So they get everything they need for the five days. They get resources. Sometimes it's books to use, or they can use my online math videos and resources. So they have everything they need. The only thing they don't get is five days of lecturing back-to-back in person. But even if you are working full-time and your spouse is working full-time, our school can help you 100%. Wow. Okay. We actually had a, 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 t- a mother call in this morning or text in and say she w- pulled her child from public school and wants to know if they can join our school and wants to talk to you. Yeah. So that just happened this morning already, two yep. weeks into the school season. Yep, and we could train homeschoolers. And that was part of Jean's vision. See, Groundworks is really important, dear to my heart, even though it seems like I've started schools in the coldest places in the country, Duluth, <laughs> Fargo, and Groundworks. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, but, but I think one of the things that is really cool, number one is the prayer piece, right? Prayer is huge in handling a lot of these issues of the day. Uh, but Jean's team is just, it's, it's just phenomenal what they're doing and how they're working together. I'm excited for Grand Forks. And here's the thing, though, I want to mention. We're not stopping at K-12. We're going all the way. We're starting a college, God willing. That's the long-term plan that will pull the Grand Forks and Moorhead people together. But why would we raise the bar in education only to send them to universities that might lower the bar down? We need to keep the bar high. Yes. And so I'm excited for what Gene's group is going to do. This quick quote, though, is for David and to answer your question about the apathy. It says that the average age of world's greatest civilizations, this was a writer that said, it's about 200 years, and these nations go 
from bondage to spiritual faith, from faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to apathy, from apathy to dependence, and from dependence into bondage. American children, a lot of them are growing up with everything being quite easy for them, compared to some of us who grew up in situations where everything was tough. I mean, getting water was tough. Getting gas was tough. You know, I was carrying water up and down the stairs as a teenager. That was part of my upbringing. So when I face adversity and difficulty, I realize, yep, that's part of life. Many teenagers in America face adversity and they're like, oh, it shouldn't be so. Life is supposed to be easy. Not necessarily. So we really need to teach our kids the importance of resilience, grit. And that's where Gene has helped us greatly in just learning how best to uh, communicate that. Kids in America can destroy the standards and go far. Our nation needs to stop lowering the bar for them. Instead, encourage them, give them the tools and inspire them to go far. That's a fantastic. So one of the things we do is they have to clean up after themselves. After lunch, they have to clean the tables. They have to vacuum. At the end of the school day, they have 15 minutes to get their room straightened, vacuum, cleaned up. And the first two days, it was like, ah, I don't know how to do this. Well, we'll teach you. (laughs) And now on Friday... They were wrestling over who got the vacuum. So, yeah, how about that? So when you were carrying water up and down the stairs <laughs> yep. uh, in buckets, you were doing that for what? That was an exercise you had to do for football? No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, why were you doing that, uh, Mr. Because Jarvis? we did not have running water. I, n- I did not grow up with running water. I never saw a washing machine work in my life until I came to America. I never saw people have more than one piece of chicken on as a usual thing until I came to America. And I wasn't even in the poorest category. There's 10 million kids in Nigeria that are out of school. 10 million at least and so I was my dad was an electrical engineer I was blessed with certain opportunities but some of those hardships I faced in boarding school and just in life helped me to be who I am today and these kids unfortunately in America need to be reminded that life might be hard challenges might come math might have some tough topics don't give up don't find the tools find community and push through so uh, so that's uh, that's beautiful Uh, you your father was an electrical engineer And yet you grew up without running water in the house. Correct. That's right. amazing. So, so we, we have kind of a really strange, we've got a, I think in America, we have a bizarre way of thinking about life and reality. And you're right. We think that it should be easy. You know, this, I'll tell you, this seems like, what is that? That's a jar of some drink. That's my morning thing. Um, but you know what? This is technology that allows me to hold this, my What's this called? I can't remember. This, let's just say juice. juice. Let's just call it juice. Um, Your axio. It's 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 axio, but it's yeah. I can just set this on the table like that, but that's technology that makes it easy for me to have a quick drink right there whenever I want it on the table. This glass jar represents technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, I would have had to have had a, some type of a, maybe a, maybe a pitcher, maybe a leather skin that was sewn together to hold water, maybe some innards of an animal that was sewn together to hold water. Uh, that's the way that it worked before this technology was developed. And so technology always is designed to make our lives easier in some way. Yep. But, the, but the, the downside of that... Yep is that it can get us thinking that everything should be easy all the time. Yeah, and I would say, let me just say this. This is important for students. With artificial intelligence and coding mechanisms, which I'm reading one of the books by the founder of uh, Wolfram Alpha, kids, all their math homework can be done with Mathematica. 
you don't have to do any, for the most part, almost any equation, you put it in Mathematica, oh. it will show you. Yeah. So the kids have that, right? We yeah. didn't even have Google functioning well when I was a student. So here's the danger of that. Are you going to exercise the muscle of critical thinking through things? This is a very dangerous place to be where you don't understand the role the technology plays in your life. That's what I would encourage students with. Can I use Mathematica to double check my work? Yeah, but I should make sure I also know how to do it without Mathematica. A quick thing I would say about our school, we teach a lot about biographies, right? I have one right here. This is part of the solution is read biographies. Booker T. Washington, Up From Slavery, uh, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Frederick Douglass. Read these stories and take life lessons from them to learn how to live. Because that's ultimately what's sad today is many kids don't know how to live because they have so much. But learn how to live so that if that is taken away from you, you'll be just fine. If the power goes out here, I'll be just fine, right? As I demonstrated <laughs> earlier, sorry. But, uh, but that's fine because I grew up with candles and all of that. Are our kids ready to deal with hardship? They better be trained for it. You know, um, I was going to say, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, uh, topic, but, you know, you talk about critical thinking and, you know, nothing like I'm government and I'm here to help. So I mean, so this is going to be critical thinking and a math problem for you guys. Okay. <laughs> so, the, uh, you know, because the Biden administration is all about this, you know, climate crisis and everything. So... They are taking um, the uh, standard amount of gallons of water that a dishwasher can use is five gallons currently. Mm -hmm. And even um, right now, I mean, an optimal dishwasher, they get a little star of standard is like three, three and a half gallons. Energy star. Yeah. I don't know if, have you heard this at all? No. So now because of the climate crisis, they want to change that five gallons to three and a half gallons. (laughs) So your dishwasher can only run three and a half gallons. Because, because, oh, because they figured out how to. Use water as an energy source? Is that why? Yeah, well, they got, they got to save on the water consumption or something along these lines. Because otherwise, because you could put it in your tank and run your car with water, right? And so we've got to cut down on the water that is used but, in the... Okay, sorry. So, so here's, here's my critical thinking and my math problem for you. So if you have a dishwasher that can only have three and a half gallons now and your dishes don't come out clean, yeah. what critical thinking do you think is going to happen for somebody that has that dishwasher? You mean, well, what are they going to conclude? What, what's going what's gonna, what's gonna to be the outcome if their dishes don't get done? Well, yeah, they'll probably have to run it a second time, and yeah. now they've done seven. So it's there you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to run it twice, That's and right. now they've doubled the amount of water. Great. That, you yeah. know? Or they'll, or they'll switch to uh, plastic or paper plates, disposable plates. Yeah. Right. So this is, this is my example of the yeah. government coming in yeah, and saying, I'm here to help. Um, we're going to cut down on the water consumption. Just don't run it twice, please. And you know, that's a perfect, that's a perfect, <laughs> that's a perfect example of... Uh, or they could just put in a third as only two thirds as many dishes as they normally put in, um, and ho- or or just make it smaller. Or they could just wash dishes by hand. Or they could yeah, wash dishes. But, like by we hand. Would but that actually water. that actually takes more water. Well, if it you does, put it, yeah. there's actually a way to do it. Where this is what we did because we had to fetch yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah, you put a right. little basin of water here, yeah. which is your washing the soapy place, water, soapy water, yep. and then one for rinsing, rinsing water. Yep. And so you wash it by hand. You do yeah. that. Honestly, maybe people should do that sometimes just they to should. build a little more strength and character. Yeah. You know, I do. I've had to do that at my camper though, and you're still looking at probably 10 gallons of water to do that because you have the one bucket that has the, the soapy water and everything yep. in it and you probably have five gallons of water in there yeah and then you have five gallons of water and right. the one to clean well, it let's give our students a science project and get back to us on the <laughs> yeah. water consumption go ahead but one of the things that's happening when you're talking about um lack of leadership lack of critical thinking are the cell phones yep. so yeah. we have a rule that you check the cell phones when you come in yeah well, you after, mean you look at them? You don't mean look no, at them when you say check them. You mean give them to the administrator. Yeah, you mean turn them in. So 
day two, they gave them to the administrator. Day three, one girl had to make a phone call to her mother. We let her make the phone call. She didn't turn the phone back in. We didn't notice. The next day, four kids had their phones. Mm. We noticed. And we went back to, this is not fair because we don't have to check on you. You turn your phones in. Why are we doing that? Because every time the phone dings, vibrates, or they glance at it, it takes more than 20 seconds to get back on topic. Well, the average adult is losing seven to eight hours on the phone. The average teenager or 11-year-old and up is losing like 10 hours of time during the day. Well, 10 hours from 24, where do you sleep and where do you work and where do you think? And they can't see each other. So the anxiety is sky high because they don't get the likes they want right away. And the coaches figured that out, which was interesting. Um, They're not problem solving Mm -hmm. because they just quickly ask somebody else. They don't see any, like I said earlier, body language. Mm -hmm. These phones also physically change the brain with the blue light and all of that going on. So that's one piece. I'm not against phones. I have one here. Um, But we're we're trying to teach them how do you use technology properly. That's one of the things we're doing. You know, one of the one of the one of my favorite classes because I, my degree is in industrial technology uh, from the University of North Dakota, and um, and uh, one of my in fact it was my I think my favorite class, uh, and I had some classes that I really enjoyed. But one of my my I'd say my favorite class was called IT three hundred, and it was the title of the class was Technology, Society, and the Individual. Mm-hmm. And what we learned in that class, and I think that I liked it because. I debated my professor the entire class and for the whole semester. I was debating him over the things that he was saying, but he, he always won the debate. I mean, he was right. And what I, but debating caused me to really think about it at a much deeper level. Yeah. I think than the other, in fact, his name was Dr. John Sin, uh, a f- phenomenal. He probably had more positive impact on me than any, mm-hmm. than all my other teachers at UND combined. Uh, and I, I really give credit to him. One of the first classes I observed in Moorhead that same week was um, right after chapel, yep. you were doing logic and debate. Yeah. And the reason was, and his example was, so you're reading Genesis and you believe what you're reading because the Bible is the truth. Yep. But someone says, no, that's not true. You can't just say, yes, it is. You have to defend it. You yeah. have to have the logic and know how to debate and make your point. For what you right. believe. Yeah. Right. Same thing for facts and anything else that you're talking about. So that was astounding enough. But the child in this, one of the children in this class, raised his hand and said to Amos, I'm done with my books. He said, you're done with your books. And, and there was a, the, the board was covered with book authors. He said, which book did you finish? This isn't a 10-year-old. He said, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Now, I know a lot of adults that start that and quit. Amos said, don't worry, I have more, and he points to <laughs> bookshelves full of right. autobiographies and all these books, yeah. and the boy was excited. Now, in public school, a third grader finished the reading list by January, and the teacher said, I have no more books for you to read. Wow. And yeah. I know this kid. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so it, it's, a different, it's a different paradigm. Yeah. At this school. The point that I was going to make about technology is that in this class, Technology Society and the Individual, what what we learned, what I learned specifically, is that knowing how to run the app is not the same thing as knowing how to use the phone. 
in other words, knowing how to use the phone, how to manipulate the phone is not the same thing as knowing how to use the phone as you integrate it into your life. Right. And no one is teaching that. I'm glad I'm, that, that needs to be taught desperately to everyone. Dr. Golix, you said that, that the average adult use, loses seven to eight hours on this thing? Mm-hmm. Seven to eight hours a month? No, a day. A day. Seven to eight hours. That's a full-time job. Right here, that's being sucked into this little screen. That and you know what I, I watch people. I watch people, and I see them. It doesn't matter if they're in the mall or if they're outside on the sidewalk. It's become the exception to see someone walking like this, as opposed to seeing someone walking like this. Right, Mm -hmm. and that is disastrous. It's disastrous you know, uh, for that, our country. That actually brings me to a question for Amos here, too. Um, so, because uh, obviously kids, I think that they don't get nearly enough exercise, Great. even in the public schools. I think that they should be, like, you know, playing until the point of exhaustion yep. before they go and start to learn. So yep. they sit still at their desk. Um, what kind of things do you guys do as far as uh, Phi Ed? Well, I mean, we do what we can with what we have, right? And so in Grand Forks for now, we can walk around the mall. Um, we can go outside and play four square and volleyball and whatever is mm-hmm. available there. In uh, Moorhead, we do have a basketball court. Um, I tell my students, because by God's grace, some of them, and I was actually thinking about them today, some of them are going to win a Nobel Prize, God willing. Some of those kids are sharp. And I'm, I'm just thinking, yep, I have my uh, 100000 coming from that kid 20 years from now <laughs> when they win the Nobel Prize. No, I'm kidding. You get about a million when you win a Nobel Prize. So anyways, I study Nobel Prize winners because I try to understand in chemistry, not mm. peace prize for chemistry. So I want to understand why did you win it? So anyways, these kids are winning, they're going to win great prizes, but here's what I told them. You need to go out and exercise. Some yeah. of them want to do more math. I want to do, no, 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 you got to go out. Yeah. You got, you have well, to play. I mean, I remember my upbringing from four o'clock to six o'clock every, almost every single day we were playing outside with the kids yeah. and we were, of course, one of the things we did then is we also watch Voltron. That was the only exception. Watch Voltron and play outside. And, uh, and then turned out well. So that's the key to math. You know, and I, I, I think that we could probably talk the uh, the mall into getting a basketball hoop back there or something. That would be great. And you know what? But I think uh, the best way to exercise is getting a good pair of shoes. Yes. And we need to get those at our friends at Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest nice is now in the Grand beautiful. Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes um, that you will you love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right. Well, we love those SAS dealers. Especially, yeah. come over, talk to Chuck over here in the I, mall. He's, I, he's a great guy. I haven't gotten my first pair yet, but I, I plan to. In fact, I was just over there looking last week at some of his selection. He's got a great selection. And I told him my next pair of shoes I'm going to buy right here. Perfect. So I want to ask this question because they're made in America. Yeah. And they're in, not only they're made in America, but they're made right in San Antonio, Texas. I got a pair is, on my feet right now. Yeah, there you go. And they're, are they comfortable? Oh, yeah. Super comfortable. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So, so regarding the whole thing about physical activity and, and the importance of that, 
I, uh, Mr. Tarfa, are you familiar with this study that was done? It was, I think it was a school study, actually. Maybe it was a public school study, which is amazing. Uh, on one of the, uh, one of the space uh, missions where they, they wanted them to take honeybees up mm. in, a, in, a, in an enclosed uh, container yep. to see how they would pollinate, how they would move around and, and navigate uh, a gravity-free environment. Yeah. And bees are smart, and they figured out that over a period of they figured out over time that they didn't have to flap their wings anymore to get from point A to point B. They could just shove off one flap, and then they would just glide, just wow. float to the their destination. Wow. Um, do you know what happened to those bees within a short period of time? I think it was about a week or two weeks. Yeah, a very, very short, short period of time. Uh, do you know what happened to the bees? No, I don't. They all they couldn't fly. They they all died. They, wow. they, they actually not only stopped flying, they died. And there was initially a great amount of concern yeah. that maybe there's something on board that was killing yeah. these bees and we need to find out what it is. So they did, they had experts do autopsies on the bees mm. and they found out that all of them died of old age. Not working, not resisting. You know, they, what they say about honeybees is that they... So aerodynamically, mathematically, they shouldn't be able to, this, the, the, the size of their wings compared to the size and weight of their bodies, they shouldn't be able to fly, right? Yeah. Because their wings just aren't big enough to, but they do. But not having to struggle against gravity in yeah. order to move around yeah. caused these bees to die from old age. Yeah. What, does the, what should that tell us about the importance of physical activity and, and hard work, yeah. working hard in order to accomplish a goal? Yeah, I mean, the muscles are, you know, the, these muscles should be exercised regularly, including the brain, right? I tell people yeah. it's one of the uh, things that people stop exercising regularly, right? They that's think right. I'm done with school, so I don't have to use my brain as much. And that's just not true. People are created in the image of God with faculties and abilities that they should be using regularly. And what I wanted to say that is key with education is when I look at a child, I see someone who has potential. I see someone who can go far. And I want them to think about their lives holistically in terms of how they manage their time. That's why, you know, at Lifestyle Academy, we say redeeming the time. That's part of what drives us. And so why, do I, why did I write math curriculum that takes nine years of math and brings it down to three in America? Because I don't want kids to waste their time. I want them to find their passion, find their calling, find what they've been called to do. If you think you want to be a doctor and you're in seventh grade, let's give you all the tools so you become a very successful doctor and inspire people and touch lives for good. That's what we want to do with our students. Look at every child with potential and help them maximize, you know, the importance of uh, exercise, the importance of reading good books, the importance of insight and learning from older people. We need to look at children that way rather than people that are just getting through an education system yeah. to put a checkbox. No, no, these are not people who were made for that. They were made for more. These children were made for more. Where do we get people like William Wilberforce, Isaac Newton, Leonard Euler? These were people that were inspired not to settle for less. Yeah. So you did mention gravity, though. So I have to say this. Again, my, gra my Cambridge shirt, I should be wearing a, a, a suit, but I'm wearing a Cambridge shirt. It's because of Isaac Newton. We went to school in, in, in Cambridge. And one of the things that is fascinating is when you study the history of science, which I'm encouraging all your viewers to check out uh, some videos on James Clark Maxwell and Isaac Newton and learn about their lives beyond their science and see how they, they, they were inspired to do great things. These are the stories we tell our students. And one student said to me yesterday, why is gravity a big deal? 
Instead of just throwing something up and coming down. And then I went on the board and I wrote F is equal to G times M1 times M2 over R squared. And I explained that's part of why it's a big deal. It's not just throwing it at coming down. It's that Newton has given us equations that govern and explain the universe. The universe is intelligible so that the acceleration due to gravity is 9.81 meters per second squared, period. These constants matter. Thank you, Newton. And you didn't even have Google. Somebody needs to write a book. What if Newton had Google? Okay, I'm done. But all the kids need to learn that history as well as... uh, our culture as a whole. Well, if he had Google, he probably wouldn't have done anything. He would have been, no, all, exactly. been all incorrect. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, can, I, I and you know, I mean, it, it it's kind of frustrating because you know my daughter is in the public schools and she has uh, after school in, uh, intramurals, and so you go and pick these kids up and they're in the gym and they're all sitting against the wall and you got like three girls together and they're all looking at their iPad watching a YouTube video or something, and I walk in there and I'm like. You're in a basketball court. Yes. Yeah. Like pick up pick up a ball and throw it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, that's a great point. That's and hard. you know, I'm really glad that you mentioned that Paul because um, in North Dakota, if someone chooses to take advantage of the uh, STEM Academy in Grand Forks, that does not exclude them from being able to take advantage of extracurricular activities right. within the Grand Forks public school system. So if your child is a musician, they want to play in band, or they want to play in the orchestra, or they want, or they want to do sports, that's still completely accessible to them as well. Yes. And we that do is- have one girl that's going to be in track. She's going to continue in track. Right. So that's the, so that it doesn't cut off that. So the but, parents that are that are sitting out there saying, "Oh, I could never put them in the STEM academy because because my son loves hockey or my my daughter loves track or whatever it is," because they can still do those. They things. can still do it, but the physical education, the social, psychological, emotional, spiritual, you can't pull one out and have a healthy individual, and and so in America, yeah, the death. The average death is going down, number of years that people are living, and obesity is going up, right. and people are not walking, people are not walking, talking, or sleeping. It's a problem. So I hate to use this term, but you really, the Life STEM Academy Grand Forks takes a holistic approach. Very much right? so. So you look at the whole person, the whole person, body, mind, and spirit, spirit. because that's what we all are. You know what? Uh, it's, it's become, and due to, I, due to nefarious influences, which we'll talk about on the show on another day, uh, the idea that somehow spiritual beliefs or certainly Christian beliefs, biblical beliefs, that's all, that's all nonsense. And you, we're science, we, we need to focus on science and, 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 and reality, not on this mumbo jumbo. But if you want to get a new age or any kind of, any kind of false religion, that's fine. Just not Christianity. Just not the one religion that explains the existence of everything that we have in, in the universe in a cohesive and, and comprehensive way. Ignore that. Ignore that part. Uh, the yeah, fact can I of the tell matter- one story when you have just a. Then, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fact of the matter is that there's no better way to get a grip on reality than to read the Bible because God, that's His revelation to us about who He is, who we are, and what He expects from us, mm-hmm. and the consequences of our of our behavior, our lifestyle choices, and the the individual choices that we make, and the societal choices that we make. So. So I'm so thankful that Lifestem Academy recognizes that reality and they actually bring it to fruition in the way that they 
that they organize and, and present the educational opportunities for the students. Yeah, the first set of universities, if you look at the history, places like Oxford and Cambridge came shortly after the University of Bologna in Italy. But you look at a lot of the universities, and part of that was driven by faith. A faith part was key. Even Harvard and Princeton, Yale. And Yale yeah. These are important elements to recognize. So knowledge is, you could get the Bible, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. But here's two quick things Well, about James Clark Maxwell. There's a man named James Clark Maxwell. If you have radio waves today, if you have uh, cell phones, you need to thank James Clark Maxwell. He was homeschooled until they couldn't help him any further. This guy was way advanced. Uh, he was publishing papers at the age of 15. He changed the world of mathematical physics. He recognized that light was electromagnetic radiation, and that changed the world forever. I met a man named Michael Faraday, and together they did some amazing work. Here's what's interesting about Maxwell. He died at 48, and... Um, Almost every, if you look at Einstein's work, for example, he said, I stand on the shoulders of Maxwell. Maxwell was so good at what he did. He's tied up with Einstein and Newton. They're the top three physicists. But, I, but at the end of Maxwell's life, he actually said, I want to serve God in my generation like David served God in his. Maxwell memorized the whole Psalm 119. And if you know the Bible, you know that it's hard to memorize Psalm 119 because it's not a story. Every verse is different in how it flows. Mm-hmm. This guy was sharp. And so anyways, Maxwell inspires me today. We went to his house in Edinburgh. So we went to Oxford, Cambridge, and then Edinburgh, just because I was inspired by his humility. Um, we talk about Maxwell's equations today. When we talk about radio waves. He's the father of electrical engineering. So all of that is to encourage us to recognize you can study philosophy, you can study science, you can study truth, and not feel like you have to compartmentalize. So I, I thought, anyways, so that's I thought Tesla was the one that uh, came up with the radio <laughs> waves. No, so actually Maxwell did the work, and he built on some of the work of a guy named Michael Faraday. Maybe in another episode we can do the history yeah. of science. Yes. But, but Michael Faraday wasn't even educated past the eighth grade, but he was hardworking diligent and he reached out to somebody who he was attending lectures and taking notes and he reached out to someone and said will you give me a chance this is a man who was eating one loaf of bread over seven days very poor so Maxwell, uh, Michael Faraday got a chance worked at the a royal institution did excellent work he didn't have the math skills Maxwell gave him the math skills but Maxwell's equations then opened the door for a man named Heinrich Hertz and Hertz who we call the unit of frequency Hertz continued some of that work Tesla did his work then also but it was Maxwell that told us the nature of light that was fundamental to do the work of radio waves and to do the work that people like Tesla did. Of course, there's Edison in the equation with DC and, and then Tesla with AC. But yes, Tesla is important. But Maxwell, without Maxwell, I don't think any of those people could have succeeded. And you said that he memorized... Some, now, you said Psalm 119. With what a, you meant was Psalm 119, yes? 119 right, with right. 176 verses. 176 verses. And the first verse starts like this. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Uh, so I'm going to summarize in English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this school is built on biblical foundations, but we have children who are not Christians. Yep. Yeah. So other religions are welcome. We don't want to exclude them from learning, right? right? And chapel is required, but they don't have to, you know, the parents know exactly what's going on. So we have that. We have... Amos with the strong Christian background and the math and the science. And so they're seeing that, okay, and they're seeing it in everything. But the kids say, I have never been to a math class, and Amos was teaching, where someone talked so loud, so fast, and I understood everything he said. <laughs> so this is an amazing, this is an amazing man, and, and this is an amazing project that we're on. Mm-hmm. And there's only us and Virginia that have the biblical foundations with the Life STEM Academy. And Mr. Tarifa believes that we're going to produce amazing results 
with amazing children because you're already expecting to uh, benefit from the Nobel Prizes that uh, your students will win down yeah. the road. Yeah, and, and part of why, do I, how do I know we're going to have students that excel? Because I study how Newton learned, how Maxwell yeah. learned, and how a man by the name of Leonard Euler, if you don't know Euler, E-U-L-E-R, just look up Leonard Euler, the most prolific mathematician of all time. I just got one of his books, one of the books about him. This man wrote so many papers, 50 papers a year. Some people don't publish 50 papers in their lifetime. He published 50 papers a year as a blind mathematician. Wow. So that's, well, you can do it in other subjects. You can look at Florence Nightingale. You can look at Alexander Hamilton. Um, history is full yes. of ordinary people. Madison Jefferson, yeah, who the list goes on and on. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And Guess that, what? Everyone who excelled at one point was an ordinary person. Yep. Right, except that everybody has the different gift, right? The scripture makes yep. clear that God gives gifts to people as he chooses, as yep. the Holy Spirit chooses. Uh, and he in, he enables each one of us to do different things based on the gifts and talents that he gives to us. And it's just a matter of exercising them or not, right? We can just like those bees, they didn't lose the ability to fly. They just chose not to use yep. their ability to fly. Yeah. And they died. Yeah. And we don't want that to happen for any of our students no. anywhere. No. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much yeah, thank uh, you. for the work and for, for coming on this show. Thank this you. Morning. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess it's going to wrap it up for... Uh, another great reset on the uh, Tuesday at 11. Uh, like I said, put in the chat. If you've gotten a, an idea for a different name, let us know. And uh, we'd like to thank uh, Amos and Dr. Gene Golux for coming in today. And uh, until then, I guess we will see you next week. Do you have any idea what we're going to talk about next week? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. We'll keep it in suspense then. All right. Later, everybody. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Thank you.